It's about to go down in a minute. Let me touch down. I'ma get it. Cause I, I, I been waiting all night. It's game time. It's game time on ESPN Central Texas. Here's Tom Barfield, Ward White, and Garrett Ross. Hey, hey, welcome to Tuesday. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom, Ward, Garrett, we're glad you're with us. It is a hot and muggy Tuesday morning. It, it, I, I walked outside this morning. And I'm like, what in the world? I walked into a sauna. My glasses fogged up. Yeah, like, absolutely. I'm not going Yeah. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Uh, it, was, it was crazy this, how sticky it is right now. And then I tried to water the yard a little bit last night, and the wind had the, the water watering the neighbor's yard two houses down. It's crazy. Yeah. What's going on with this wind and this humidity other than it's springtime? But has it? it's never been this windy. I, I can't remember a spring where it's just. No, the wind's been out of control. Not around here. Not, not in central Texas. Yeah. It hasn't. It's like being out in Lubbock. Yeah, I was going to say it's kind of out in left Texas, isn't it? So, anyway. Ward, I got to know. I thought about you last night. Hockey or Andy Griffith? Andy. Ah, well, I'm going to say you probably were as entertained watching that. Uh, it was, you know, I thought for a minute that the Stars were going were, were gonna to get through. In the second period, I guess it's like a double penalty because it was five on three. It wasn't fair. That's when the game took a turn. Oh, it did because it's a two-minute uh, penalty, but they – they had two fouls, and so Calgary had five on three last night, and the Stars nearly got through that thing. Ottinger played well. He did. The young man played well. But I, and again, I, <laughs> what, what I know about hockey, you can pour in a thimble. Uh, but it did look like Calgary had a little more energy than they did the other day. Well, they put the Stars in a situation where they were forced to have long sessions and long minutes and they weren't able to get their substitutions and they eventually took advantage of it oh. and that's how they racked up three points in late in the third period yeah they kept them on the how ice could you not have more energy when you got two more guys on that ice than the other team yeah that was a different scenario i'm talking about in the end when they had it all on the line and they kept the the puck in the zone of the stars and just worked them it was through the first two periods and i watched the first two periods it was one to nothing and the only way that Calgary scored was that five on three. Yes. I mean, uh, you know what? I, and, and you joke, but I'll be honest. Again, I don't know the nuances of the game. It didn't have the same excitement level. That one nothing, you know, didn't have the same excitement level as, as the other night when I was watching it on Friday night. It didn't. I, it may have been for you. but well, I you can know, see. Yeah, it's a little, but it was still. The game still seemed a little slower. Again, I didn't think the Stars had the same kind of energy as they did on Friday night. And the arena, I mean, they, they were sitting down. They're at a hockey playoff game, and they were sitting down because there really wasn't a whole lot to, you I know. know. The best atmosphere I've seen is Carolina. The Carolina Hurricanes, can when they, have a ho- they host a game, it's lit, man. It's Well, Friday insane. night was like when that thing was, was at a frenzy, it was crazy mm-hmm. in, in the arena. But last night, not so much. It happens. So, 
It better not happen much more. It's 2-2 going back to Calgary. So we'll get into that uh, a little bit. <laughs> get Ward's thoughts on that. <laughs> it won't take long. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, we'll get into. I, I did. I, I've watched hockey before. In all honesty, I mean, when when the stars were in the Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. I was I was locked in. Had no idea what the heck was going on, but I was, was locked fun. in. But there was an energy level that was kind of cool to watch. Oh yeah, yeah. And I've been to Stars games. Didn't know what the heck was going on, but I mean, I enjoyed myself. It's not a destination point for me at all. That's fair. No, I agree with that. I just, you know, look, it's the playoffs. There wasn't much on television last night. I mm-hmm. flipped over and watched yeah, it. Andy was on. <laughs> on TV land? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But see, I when I get home in the afternoon, I'll get me some TV land. Yeah. And, and I'll get me two or he three episodes. He was on Prime. I, I turned it on Prime video uh-huh. last night. But he's on all the time. I mean, Yeah, on TV land. Yeah, you can watch Andy all the time now. I mean. And I do. I mean, you know, good. You, you, if you took it in, you, you, you're trying to preach hockey to us. We're I, tra- look, I, look, I'll, yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, because Barney can get into some stuff now. <laughs> and he doesn't mean to. He just does. You know, and then you got the darlings. And <laughs> the what? It's a family. Okay. They sing. They don't talk a whole lot. <laughs> In fact, the boys don't talk at all. <laughs> oh, Lord. The sons don't talk. Just the dad and the daughter talk. <laughs> I'd have to see this. And then there's Ernest T. Bass. I mean, there's a lot of good There's a lot of good dudes on that show. Yeah. Great and, characters. Do you know that Ernest T. is actually, in real life, a, was a writer on the program? Yes. And, and they created this character. He wasn't on there but two or three times, but he was so memorable that you talk about him all the time. He was a he he, he wasn't even really a, re, a recurring character. He was only on there a couple three times, but he was a writer on the show. <laughs> but man, was he good! He throw those rocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh mm. boy, was it you that told me that when on the beginning of the program when Andy and, and little Opie are walking along and and they're whistling and. and and Opie goes to throw the rock. He can't throw the rock in the water, so they yeah. had to have somebody had a, waiting in the weeds over had there a guy to throw it. In the bushes that threw it to make it skip across the water because Opie wasn't strong enough to get See, it to the lake. Yesterday, uh, you're rolling your eyes about some Ovaltine or something, man. <laughs> he was a little. He was a little tight. Seven or eight years old. No, he wasn't even that old. I don't even think he was seven or eight at that time. Uh, that's Ron Howard, man. I know. I know. It's Ron Howard. He's wrote a couple of. You know, I mean, uh, he's uh, directed a couple of pretty good little little ditties. He might know what he's doing. You may want to check out his stuff. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, how did we get there? Me, I'm sorry. Ward. So, Ward took us off the hockey conversation. <laughs> he was like, get out of here. I'm done with this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Justin on our CNC Collision Center's text line says, watching Andy is code word for nap. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, Andy's some good stuff. Yeah. And uh, Jerry says, I've literally seen every episode and I have the complete series. Now we're talking. He's got the complete series on DVD. Awesome. Way to go. But still watching Andy Griffith's show on TV land every day. And again, as that thing progressed, you know, they had a couple of spinoffs like Mayberry RFD. Nah, Boo. Sorry. Uh, 
And I didn't like the color ones. In in you know, as they used to say on television, in living color. Uh it, it's the black and whites. Yeah. You gotta watch the black and whites on you know, of, of Andy. So there you go. He'd always have <laughs> he never wore his gun. Didn't need a didn't gun. need to. He was the dude now. He was the dude. Otis. <laughs> you know, Otis was also the voice of Weenie the Pooh. Stop it, really? Yeah. And Jimmy the Cricket at the stink. Really? Mm-hmm. How cool did, is he that? He did several animated voices. You know, and then they had, uh, uh, I've drawn a blank, the barber. Uh, Floyd. Floyd the barber. Now, Floyd had, I think, a stroke. And so they got to where they put Floyd in the chair, and he'd just talk and visit when they came by. And eventually, he kind of left the program, and, and Emmett kind of took his place with Emmett's yeah. Fix-It Shop. Yeah. That took the place of the barbershop. In the, in the, you know, then you'd go across the drugstore and mm-hmm. <laughs> the diner. <laughs> uh, Juanita at the well, diner. I'm you, yeah, I mean, because – uh, Barney would pick up the phone and and he'd tell the operator what what was the operator's name? Uh, oh he, man! He would tell he would tell the the operator whatever her name was. Get me Juanita over at the diner, and he'd he talk to Juanita <laughs> on the phone, you know, with the one piece holding. That was in. Barney's side hustle. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, uh. Yeah, and, and and so Jerry's also adding that that guy that played Ernest T. Bass also directed several episodes. But I'm telling you, he was a writer on the program. Yeah. That was his gig. All right, 709, nine minutes after seven. <laughs> I don't know where we're going from here, but we're <laughs> off and running. Uh, coming up on the program, Shehan Jayaraja is going to talk. Guess what? He's going to talk some NIL with us. Uh, it's crazy. Every day, every day, there's something new with the, with the name, image, and likeness thing. So we'll get into that. Glenn Moore will join us, the uh, head softball coach of the Baylor Bears, as they get ready to head to uh, the Big 12 postseason tournament. They begin, uh, what, Thursday Mm -hmm. uh, at noon with Iowa State. That's a 4-5 matchup, and the winner is going to get the number one seed and the number one seed in in the universe in Oklahoma. Uh, So we'll talk to him a little bit about that. Will Turner is going to join us. No, not that Will Turner. Although, that was the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> so, Ward Garrett sends us a note that Will Turner from uh, 247 Sports in South Florida is going to be on the program to talk about Gary Bohannon and what's going on there. And, I, I, you know, I just assumed that he was talking about, you know, the character from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> He's going to roll up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, he, said, he said, Will Turner is from – South Florida 247 Sports. I said he's also on Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, just saw that. Thought I'd pass that along to saw you. Saw that text. Never saw the movie. Yeah. You've never, never seen, seen the, the movie? movie? No. Oh. See, every day I learn something new about you, Cat. You're a movie guy. I am. There's two or three of them, and they're, you know, they're all very good. Because they, they, I don't, I, even, I wouldn't even call them sequels. Would you? I mean, it's, it's a, essentially a series, a long series. Because they're different storylines, yeah. very, very different storylines. Uh, I'm not a big Johnny Depp guy, but man, is he great in this? In, oh, in this, th- this, in this is unbelievable. You got to check that out, Ward. You owe it to yourself. Okay, uh, that's some good stuff. And, and I used to not have patience to sit through a movie, but man, 
I can that. Okay. That's good. So, anyway. All right. Uh, now you're going to tell me you've never seen uh, the movies about the – golly, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, there's five or six of them. Uh, English made – the, the, where they go off to wizard school. Uh, like Harry Potter? Yeah, Harry Potter. Have you seen the Harry Potter series? No. Are you kidding me? Have you? Yes, I've seen the Harry Potter series. My wife and daughter love Harry Potter. Are you not a big fan? Not really. Oh, I mean, man, I really. like them. I like them. Yeah. They're all into it. <clears throat> That's good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Anyway, uh, 712. We're gonna, we're, we're, I promise we're going to talk sports. <laughs> At some point in this in this program, we'll do it next right here on ESPN Central Texas. The weather this hour is brought to you by Alliance Bank. Alliance Bank Central Texas is independently owned and has been helping families and businesses in Central Texas meet their financial needs since 2007. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Another hot and humid day here in Central Texas as we'll see decreasing clouds with plenty of sunshine this afternoon. 94 degrees the high. If we touch 94, that will tie the record high. Tonight, increasing clouds. We drop to 70 and more of the same tomorrow. Clouds in the morning, sunshine by the afternoon, and a high of 93. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. The best prices on newer used guns can be found at Appaloosa Trade and Post Rodeo Pond. They have a large selection of 9mm guns, revolvers, shotguns, and ammo from brand names like Smith & Wesson, Canik, Bursa, Glock, and Ruger. Buy, sell, or trade with a friendly and knowledgeable staff that will promptly answer your questions. And ask about their lifetime warranty on new guns. Financing is available. Apply today by texting 16-1182-22462. Appaloosa Trade and Post Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco. This is Jim Howler proudly speaking for Redwoods Incorporated. My wife and I had been thinking about the need to replace our old Redwood deck for a couple of years, but just kept procrastinating because of the big hassle we thought the project would be. That was the case until one day I picked up the phone and called Greg Evans at Redwoods Incorporated. He was nice enough to come out to our home the next morning and talk to us about the options available. He suggested what we needed to do from the decking material to the railings to the lighting to an outstanding contractor. To make a long story short we said let's go for it and a week and a half later thanks to redwoods incorporated we had a beautiful new deck to enjoy and to make it even better the cost was less than we had budgeted redwoods incorporated exceeded our expectations if you have a project in mind and want the best in wood products and customer service go see greg or scott at redwoods incorporated conveniently located off north valley mills drive on esther street behind applebee's restaurant you'll be glad you did Make your vehicle look and run like new again at CNC Collision Center. They're your locally owned and operated location for paint and body repairs, frame straightening, spray and bed liners, and wheel alignments. CNC Collision Center offers free estimates, and they'll also come to you for car pickup and delivery. Have your car restored to its original beauty. CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville, at cccollisioncenter.com and on Facebook. 
Mike Terry Auto Group is proud to serve Central Texas with the best deals on new and used cars, auto service, and community involvement. With over seven brands of vehicles, you're sure to find your new ride from Mike Terry Auto Group. Check out their Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram dealership in Hillsboro and the Chevy Buick GMC dealership in Mahia. At any Mike Terry dealership, they will pay over the price of Kelly Blue Book for your trade-in and accept all creditors. Check out their website at mterryautogroup.com to see the value of your trade-in and browse their inventory. Head over to Mike Terry Auto Dealership today and find someone you can trust. When shopping for a home mortgage, Benchmark Mortgage, Waco, Central Texas is ready to bring you home. Offering conventional VA, FHA, and USDA loan products for purchase and refinance transactions. Our team is committed to providing a first-class experience and united by the Benchmark core values. Success, relationship, dynamic, excellence, and positive attitude. We provide certainty in uncertain times. Benchmark Mortgage, Waco, Central Texas. Locally owned and operated by Adam Goldenberg. And MLS number 746474. With 20 years experience, visit adamgoldenberg.benchmark.us. Isbell Construction Ltd., located in the Crawford area, is a family-owned and operated utility company that contracts for Texas telephone companies. Established in 1985, Isbell Construction Ltd. takes pride in their work and in their hometown. Isbell Construction Ltd. supports the local communities and the Crawford Lady Pirates. Isbell Construction Ltd. wishes the Lady Pirates a big win all the way to state. Go Lady Pirates! Game Time is brought to you in part by Big Boys Record Service in Robinson, Good Feet in the Central Texas Marketplace, and Landscape Supply in Spiegelville. Mow with the best, Gravely. All right, 17 minutes after 7. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. We are presented by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend in the car business, and brought to you by Good Feet, Big Boys Record, Landscape Supply Service. Thanks to those fine folks for sponsoring the program this morning. All right, uh, let's we, – we, we mentioned it. Let's, let's dive into it. Garrett, you know more about it than, than Ward and I. Why was – Calgary, they seemed like they were a step ahead of the Stars the whole night. Well, I mean, they should be. This is a team that won their division. They were expected to be here. Dallas is, you know, they kind of fought their way. A lot of people were saying that they shouldn't have made it to the playoffs, uh, but they were getting, they got in. I don't think anybody expected them to be where they're at right now. Um, Calgary's the better team. There's no denying it. They're, they're built for this. They know how to handle the playoff situations and, I think Dallas is going to have their hands full. Um, I would like to see them still run up there, but I, I don't know. I don't know if you can right now. The fact that they've got this to game five, that says something about where they're at, doesn't it? I mean, Calgary is a a first-place team, and the Stars are a wild-card team. Let's just be honest. Well, I mean, it is. And they have – they're a very – as far as – if you look at, like, Ottinger's super young goalie, uh, it was really getting the reps because their initial goalie got hurt. Uh, but you got to – they need to get more – better play from their starting rotation, their starting front line. You need Jason Robertson to get more involved. Uh, Tyler Sagan had some good play last night as well. Uh, really, at the end, he took advantage of the power play, but you need more from him. Uh, Joe Pavelski, kind of, he's been the the star for Dallas over the, the past couple of games. He really didn't do much last night. I think Calgary did a good job of not letting him beat them. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be – look, it's kind of like when we talked about the Mavs. Mm-hmm. You've got to be – 
crowd. Like they're here. They they're doing what they can do. You know, more than likely, they're not going to get past Phoenix. Well, it's the same situation with the Stars. You you're here. You made it to the playoffs. You got a lot to build on. So I think even if they end up, which they probably will, losing this series, it's positive heading into next season. Uh I did not realize until the the guys talked about it last night. But the goalie began the season in the minors. He did. Yeah, I mean, he's he was drafted in, I want to say, 2017 by Dallas. He ended up going to Boston, and he played uh, for the Terriers there, and I think they made a deep run uh, towards the uh, the Frozen Four. But last night, I mean, he was he was phenomenal. He had 48 saves, which was the most in regulation for in Dallas Stars' history in the playoffs. Uh, there, He's been inconsistent at times, but he's definitely promised. He shows that they're going to be – he's one that he could be there for a long, long time. Young guy, right? Twenty three, something 23. like that. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes for them. Uh, but they play again uh, Wednesday night at seven thirty in Calgary. I think Calgary they knew that they didn't want to go down three to one, even though they were going home. Uh, you could do the math. Uh, <laughs> that would have been that was a pivotal game last night, and you got to give you got to give them credit. Well, they weren't going to come here and lose. I mean, it, I think they come thinking they were going to come in here and, and sweep Dallas, you know, and you lose the game initially, and they know that they can't get swept in Dallas. They, so they did what they they did what they needed to do. They took care of business, but they didn't sweep Dallas in their place. I mean, it was one one coming to coming back here. I'm talking about on the road. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they didn't sweep them at home, so they damn sure weren't going to sweep them right. on the road. So it's two two. I mean, it's it's still anybody's anybody's deal, but man. Uh, I just, you know, again, I don't know. <laughs> we we kid about it, but it just looked to me that Calgary had a little more energy. You talked about the long shifts. Well, I think that was by design. Calgary kept them on the ice, didn't they? Well, they did. I mean, that's they got the the puck into the the star zone, and they made them. They forced because you have to be within. I think you have to be within like five feet of the bench to sub out. So they did a good job of keeping the puck down there and not letting Dallas be able. So they wore them out, and then they just took advantage of the angle. Right. There was uh, one time in the second period where they actually put the time on the yeah. screen. And, and, you know, then they had – I think they had an icing call or something, and they were going to have a face-off. They, I thought – you know, I, I wasn't clear why they didn't make a shift change there, but I guess they, by rule, couldn't. I don't know. Uh, well, Calgary, look. So I'm looking at this. So they had 54 shots on goal last night. They were lighting them up. So that, mm-hmm. that's that's exactly how they designed it. They wanted to get it there where Dallas couldn't sub and then just work Ottinger because he was young. And they did a good job of it and eventually caught up with Dallas. And I think that Ottinger got tired in the, the final, especially down the stretch. And think about it. When you're getting shots hummed at you like that, you're going to miss some. Yeah, well, and again, through the first two periods – he was phenomenal. I mean, the only goal that was scored was scored on a five-on-three. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, a lot of problems. Yeah. Then I took a nap, <laughs> and they scored three more times. Yeah, I fell asleep after the second one. So, I was like, ah. four to one, the final. It's a two-two series, and and uh, they go back to uh, they go back to Calgary on Wednesday night. Uh, and again, my frustration last night was also with the television people. It was 10 minutes till 9 o'clock, Ward, when they decided, hey, this game's in overtime. Let's go over to True TV and start this thing. So they finally dropped the puck at 8.50. 8.50 on a work night uh, on a different network. And then all of a sudden, 
I walk down the hall and come back, and I, I got some television program and not the hockey game. They'd gone back to, to I think, what, TNT or something. Mm-hmm. They were bouncing that game all over the place. I stayed idle. I was watching the other game and just waited for it to flip over. Did you really? You Absolutely. stayed with Florida? I watched all of those games. I flipped back and forth between all the games. I've watched every Stanley Cup playoff game. How about that? He is a, what would you call him, a true puckhead or something? <laughs> wow, easy. Ah. <laughs> uh, You're into that hockey, man. I am. I love it. All right. It's 724. Hey, this is is a question for Ward. This is from the 903. Dang, it must be tough living in a world where Disney's best live-action movies are Mary Poppins and Herbie the Love Bug. If you haven't watched Pirates of the Caribbean, what is the latest Disney film you have watched? Latest Disney film you've watched? Gosh, I couldn't even answer that. I don't know. Used to watch them all when Blaze was growing up. Wasn't that like a Sunday night thing too? I mean, oh, on, uh, on NBC. Yeah, grow, growing up as a kid, you'd start your weekend with Saturday morning cartoons or the Looney Tunes, mm-hmm. and you'd end your weekend with the wonderful world world of Disney. Disney, that's right. On Sunday nights, NBC. That's a fact. You did it that way. I mean, that was just kind of the cool thing to do. You know. I was, uh, you know, the, the Roadrunner and Bugs Bunny hour for me was was it because it had Foghorn Leghorn. You know, that's, I'm telling you, I thought he was the coolest dude. Uh, all right, 725. We're not getting there. Stop it. We're not. <laughs> he brought up the looty dude, I know. man. So he, you you truly cannot remember the last Disney movie you've seen? Uh, I'm I'm sure I've stopped down on several, but I just. Right. I don't know. Me neither. Quite honestly. If it wasn't Pirates of the Caribbean, I don't know what it would be. Yeah. Not, now, that I, I don't even look to see who's, you know, if it's a movie I want to watch, I watch it. If it's not, I, I, I'm right. I move on. All right. 725. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward and Garrett, we're glad you're with us. Uh, coming up in a couple of minutes, we're going to uh, dive into some college football and whatever else we can get our hands on. Shehan Jayaraja from cbssports.com is going to join the program. He's going to do that next right here on ESPN Central Texas. Have you ever been stranded on the side of the road? The next time it happens, call Big Boys Record Service to get you and your ride where you need to be. You can count on Big Boys Record Service to help you with roadside assistance, such as when your vehicle won't start, you need a tire change, you've locked yourself out of your vehicle, or when you're stuck in the mud. No job is too big or too small, they do it all. Family owned and operated since 1984. Big Boys Record Service. Call 254-662-3031. And remember, slow down or move over. Don't miss out on the Fiesta Mexalicious specials going on now at La Fiesta in Waco. From Fiesta fried ribs tossed in honey chipotle barbecue sauce drizzled with chipotle mayo to the all-new Lotes Esquite jalapeno roasted corn. Plus our other new Berea menu. Exquisite savory dishes full of culture and tradition like the all-new Berea enchiladas. And don't forget about their all-new fried ice cream topped with chocolate caramel sauce. La Fiesta, Waco's original Tex-Mex since 1963. Located on Franklin Avenue in Waco. At UBO Business Services, we are brand agnostic. We support many different brands, but only the best products from each provider. Our analysts favor flexible systems that don't leave you locked into a one-brand technology solution. Being flexible allows your organization to stay nimble 
and take advantage of the latest emerging technologies. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. Since 2014, CNA Agribusiness and the Anthony Bubert family have been supporting the agricultural needs of the Crawford community and the surrounding areas through custom application, crop scouting, and other services. CNA Agribusiness is family owned and as lifelong residents of Crawford, they are proud to raise their children in this community and to cheer on the Crawford Lady Pirates. Let's go Pirates! As fuel cost has risen, make sure your vehicle is summer ready. To get the best fuel mileage, take the proper steps needed in maintaining your vehicle properly with Kish's Complete Car Care Center's maintenance. There are many aspects of maintaining the fuel economy of your car. With rising fuel costs, we can make sure you get the best fuel mileage possible. Take the proper steps in maintaining your vehicle today at Kish's Complete Car Care Center. 5300 Franklin Avenue. Some things never change, like the commitment to service and protection the Nitchi Group Insurance Agency has offered since 1949. Whether you're needing a new business policy to get your operations up and running, adding cyber liability for a remote workforce, or if you're needing to pause your current coverage, our team is here for the protection you need when you need it. Whatever your coverage needs, talk to the experts that care. Call the Nitchi Group to discuss your personal, commercial, and bonding insurance needs at 1-800-258-8302. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update brought to you by ASCO Equipment in Belton off I-35. On it with Case Construction Equipment, whatever the job is. Nestor Cortez no hit the Rangers until the eighth. Texas did get two hits but still lost to the Yankees 1-0. The Rangers start a nine-game homestand hosting Kansas City tonight. You can hear the game on ESPN Central Texas. The Astros are on the road for the next nine days. They visit Minnesota tonight for the first of three games against the Twins. The NCAA has set some guidelines concerning name, image, and likeness. The guidelines attempt to put a stop to so-called collectives by boosters that have made monetary offers to high school recruits and portal transfers. With the series even at two games each, the Dallas Mavericks look to get the upper hand on the Suns in Phoenix tonight. A win would give Dallas a chance to advance to the next round with a home win on Thursday. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Let's get the latest on college football with Shahan Jayaraja from CBSSports.com on ESPN Central Texas. Seven thirty. Welcome back into the program. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas, your flagship station for Baylor athletics, and we're joined now by Shayhan Jayaraja from CBSSports.com. Good morning, Shayhan. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks as always. Appreciate your time today. All right, uh, we just heard the report about the NIL. Can you put that into English and make us all understand what what's going on with with the NIL right now? <laughs> of course, I, or at least I'll do my best. So. <laughs> I think that the biggest thing to take away from all of this is that, one, the NCAA is not going to try to get into the weeds with this. That They don't really know exactly how to do it. They don't know exactly how to regulate it. Uh, but I think that they feel like the one thing that they might have some leeway over is sort of this very explicit inducement pay-for-play from boosters. Uh, you know, obviously we've seen collectives popping up around the country. Uh, in my story yesterday for CBS Sports, I did mention Specifically, sort of that the uh, the horns for uh, the heart. Uh, I, I don't know the horns for hearts. I think uh, 
uh, offensive line kind of based charity that they've done where they're basically like, we're going to give every single Texas offensive lineman $50,000 at least. And that seems like a pretty obvious inducement. And it's obviously, you know, something very tied to the school and very tied to, you know, a certain position group. It looks pretty sketchy. So I, I think that that's the sort of thing that they're going to be looking to crack down on. Uh, is really when they're getting boosters involved in such a formal way in this world. You know, co uh, collectives have obviously started popping up to try to sign kids to contracts, to try to funnel money to players from boosters. I, I think that that's really where we're going to see the cracking down. But the thing that I'll say, too, is that they're going to say this and they're going to set these rules forth, but this isn't going to be tested until the NCAA finally does try to crack down on the program. Now, I, I think that you look at Texas, you look at Miami, you look at Tennessee – uh, and obviously, you know, the, the usual suspects, Texas like A&M, Alabama, Ohio State, all of those sort of schools, too. You know, it'll be interesting to see where the NCAA goes first, because I think that how they handle their first investigation and how they handle their first punishments into a player uh, or a program or a booster or, or whoever is going to ultimately determine kind of the direction of how this goes. So if they come out and you know, they, they go and try to go after sort of small potatoes. I think it's really going to make bigger programs feel like they can just kind of ignore some of these rules. So if if if, if there's going to be true regulation, do you think it's going to come from Congress? That's where everybody seems to want it to come from right now. We saw last week that uh, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey and Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov did go to try to campaign people in the Senate uh, to try to pass new NIL rules. But in a lot of ways, right, I, I mean, when we look at this, a big part of this feels like it's the NCAA shirking responsibility and not setting their own rules. Now, part of it is because, you know, if you're the NCAA, maybe you don't think that these rules will be followed if you're the one who follows them or uh, who sets them, as opposed to, obviously, if it's, if it's legal, right? I mean, if this is a, a law from Congress, that's not something that you can just ignore necessarily. That's a lot more authority than just, you know, Mark Emmert and his friends up in Indianapolis. So I, I think that ultimately that is what they want because they want the extra authority that comes with it. But uh, to, to say the least, I think that, that Congress has a lot going on. I don't know whether that's going to be something that happens in the next couple of months, much less the next year or anything like that. So Ultimately, you know, maybe someday we do get a national NIL legislation, but more likely we're just going to kind of keep going along with this uh, until the NCAA kind of finally puts its foot down and, and decides how it wants to legislate all of it. How do they put the genie back in the bottle, though? I mean, it seems like this is a lost cause and kind of just a not even really a Band-Aid. It's just, hey, yeah, we're going to keep an eye on this, but enforcing it may not be really liable. Yeah, it's funny. Looking back, I mean, I think that we all knew that when the NCAA only put out an interim policy basically saying we're going to be hands-off the day before basically every NIL law went to an, into effect, this was predictable. <laughs> it was predictable that we were going to end up at this point where, you know, it's kind of a little bit, as people described it, you know, as the Wild West sort of thing, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of what the NCAA brought upon itself with its kind of total lack of action and total lack of leadership. And so I, I think that the NCAA really did paint itself into a corner here, which is why they're going to, you know, to Congress, why they are going to the Senate. And, uh, you know, because that's one body that has the ability to have that kind of, I guess, 
you know, big picture authority to be able to enforce some of this stuff in a way that the NCAA just can't. Now, one thing that Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith kind of mentioned last week is, hey, you know, maybe we're getting into a situation where the sort of big time college football, especially the Power Five, maybe the FBS, maybe it just needs to regulate itself. Maybe sort of the college football playoff, that sort of entity needs to be the entity running college football more than the NCAA and they need to make their own rules, et cetera, et cetera. And again, all of this is is sort of uh, existential to the existence of the NCAA as an institution and uh, all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, look, I think at this point, if if the NCAA can't make rules involving money, a lot of people are going to start asking why the NCAA exists. So I think that, you know, when you ask, can you put the genie back in the bottle? Not completely, I don't think, but what happens next is really going to define, I think, whether the NCAA continues to exist uh, in, in its current form heading forward. I know I saw, I was, I believe, I remember if it was uh, Ross Dellinger or who it was, they were talking about people are using this as an opportunity to create nonprofit tax-free uh, loopholes regarding the NIL and feeding the kids this money. How does that operate? Yeah, and, and I think that that's something that's going to be real interesting to see in the next year or two when some of the stuff gets audited and when some of the stuff, uh, you know, when people do try to write off some of this money. Because, you know, something that people might, might know and may, might not know is that when you donate to uh, your college athletics program, that's typically tax deductible, right? So, I mean, when, when a when a super rich guy comes and says, we want to build the Foster Pavilion, they're able to write a lot of that money off on their taxes. And so it's, to me personally, kind of a strange way to, to handle something that's entertainment, but uh, you know, it's tied to colleges and universities and all that. And so one thing that we're seeing is that, you know, I mentioned that Horns with Hearts uh, sort of charity type endeavor that they say that they're doing, you know, they're trying to, to kind of make the argument right now that they're a charity and that, even though it's basically explicitly just there to funnel money to, to players, they're saying, well, they'll, they'll have to make charity appearances, they'll have to you know, do charitable endeavors, and therefore it's a charity, which I don't know if that's going to pass muster. I, I don't imagine that the IRS is going to look very fondly on that. And so I do wonder you know, when people start trying to donate to that and then write it off on their taxes, whether that's something that's going to be uh, something that holds up. Because you know, ultimately, I think... I, I think that there's a lot of ways that money is funneled into college football that, that also shirks taxes that I'm not particularly happy with. But I think that something like that is so egregious that I don't know whether it's going to stand up long term. Jayhan, as a person who is involved with college football on a daily basis, I, I want to take you back. Would you personally be in favor of the CFP being the governing body of college football? And if so, does that, in your opinion, mark the end of the NCAA as we know it today? So the one thing that you say about the NCAA as we know it today is that they'll still run college basketball, they'll still run all the other sports, but uh, obviously I think that not having any role in football, which is where, you know, what the way things are set up, that's where the money is right now. I think it fundamentally changes the structure of that institution. Um, You know, I'd be curious, right? I, I mean, I understand the logic of uh, of sort of having this sort of separate structure and we've seen this before right i mean the bcs basically ran college football in some ways obviously you know when you're talking about creating a champion the college football playoff runs that i i would say that i'm not opposed to the idea of having a separate structure because i think that we can all be realistic about this right i mean college football 
is not the same as any other sport. It's not treated the same. It's not governed the same. Uh, and I think that it's realistic to say that maybe there are some areas where it needs specific rules relative to the rest of the NCAA. So I, I would say that I'm not opposed to exploring it. But the thing for me that I'm curious about is, you know, I don't want us to end up in a position where, you know, when we say the CFP, who is it really? Right? I mean, is, is it going to be sort of these eight, 10, 12 schools at the top that kind of run everything? Is it going to be uh, something that sort of diminishes the bottom of the sport? I, I don't want us to be in a position where, uh, where you know, the, the playoff is sort of the thing that runs it. And so, therefore, the playoff is the only thing that matters, that it's the only thing that, uh, that sort of is given priority in the college football world. I, I want college football to be a national sport. I want it to be a sport with many different levels. So, I, I would say that I'm a little split on the topic, but I certainly would be willing to listen. If it did lean toward that, I mean, what help happens to the other divisions, NCAA Division II, NCAA Division Three, Are they also going to be governed by the CFP? And, and if that does happen, you know, again, when we talked about NIL, we a lot of people said, look, this is not going to be good for college football because – the rich are going to get richer and the poor are going to get poor, and that's exactly what's going on right now. If that happens, or is you know the is the college football landscape going to be turned into pay for play, and it's now we don't need the USFL or any of these other leagues because this is our minor leagues for the NFL, as far as the upper salon of college football. Sure. Well, I, I think that, you know, just to touch on that last point for a second, the reason that we don't have a, a minor league for the NFL is because I think college has historically always served that role. You know, I mean, we'll, we'll see whether the USFL or the XFL or any of these sort of leagues stick around. I, I think that they serve a different purpose than uh, than college football, even if college football does pay more. I mean, because you can you can only spend four years in college football, right? I mean, or you can only play at least four years in college football. So I think that, I think that there's still going to be a role for this, but, but for all intents and purposes, college football has always been, I, I think the minor leagues for, for the NFL, but uh, you know, you, you mentioned the NCAA in relation to other, uh, to other levels of football. So I would imagine that if this happens, this is something that affects only the FBS, uh, that, that this is, you know, the FBS kind of breaking off, uh, because you look at it right now, that the NCAA runs the FCS National Championship, Division Two, II, Division Three. I don't think that would change. I, I think that that would be sort of the delineation. And so, you know, if you talk about something like pay-for-play, right, like I think that it's the, the, the fact of the CFP or whatever top group may be breaking off, uh, that gives you some leeway to be able to allow pay-for-play at that level without having to allow it in division two without having to allow it in division three now obviously i think for a number of reasons you know you wouldn't expect that taper play would happen at division two or division three or even the fbs level with much regularity compared to the fbs level but i think that it would sort of uh you know again it would set apart that if you were playing fbs football that's just a whole nother level you know, and I look at what Sam Houston just did. Sam Houston, you know, when they joined the WAC, there was some talk that uh, that potentially, you know, with the WAC, that maybe long-term some of these schools might look to move up. But when they had an opportunity to jump into what has kind of been a gutted Conference USA, they still did it for the opportunity to guarantee themselves a spot at the FBS level. I, I do think that some schools are thinking that this might be coming, that, uh, that there might be this break, that there might be, 
uh, sort of these two completely different worlds of college football. And maybe if you're a school at the FCS level, moving up to FCS might not be accessible after a couple of years. Uh, you know, so I do think that that if this happens, it's going to be very FBS specific. But I'd be even more curious: does it become Power Five specific? Does it become even more specific than that? I, I think that's an existential question that we haven't even gotten to. Shayon, yesterday the NCAA Oversight Committee announced that they were looking at scratching conference championship uh, championship games. If that happens, what does that do regarding like divisions, especially say Texas, Oklahoma, when they move over to the SEC? Does that blow up? like having a SEC East and West like they do now? And what does that do regarding scheduling going forward as well? Yeah, so that, that's probably the biggest thing that, that's taken into account is the destruction of divisions. And when you're moving to a 16-team conference like the SEC is going to be, I, I mean, the reality is that doesn't make any sense. Right? I mean, you can't even hardly play uh, you know, a full division schedule, much less ever play anybody cross-division with the way that things would be set up that way. So I, I think that that's the biggest motivation is just to get rid of divisions because the other thing, too, is that it doesn't mandate that you get rid of a, a conference championship game. So, like, the Big 12 could continue to have one, uh, you know, kind of like they do now where the number one and number two teams go and play against each other. It just gives them a lot more flexibility when it does come to deciding how they want to do it. You know, they can put teams into a conference championship game whichever way that they want to. And something that we've heard about a lot, especially at the SEC, is, is something like pod scheduling, where you have maybe three common opponents that you play every single year, and then the rest of the schedule really is able to rotate a whole lot. So I think that that's sort of the direction that we'd be moving, is moving away from divisions. We've seen, uh, you know, we got some reporting earlier this week that maybe the ACC in the next couple of years could be looking to do that if this legislation does pass. Um, and, and I think that more than anything else, it just gives conferences a lot more flexibility to determine, one, do we want to have a conference championship game? Two, uh, you know, do we want to have divisions, which I think that most conferences at this point don't want divisions, especially I think after – I think realistically after seeing what the Big 12 has done with round-robin scheduling, a lot of, uh, I think a lot of conferences look pretty fondly on that. Uh, but then three also, like you kind of said, I mean, putting together – schedules I think it's just going to end up being a little bit different and it gives them the most flexibility to be able to do that if you do get rid of this uh, kind of situation right now where you're mandated to have divisions in a conference championship game. Shahan, uh, Gary Bohannon let's talk a little bit about Bohannon he's headed to South Florida were you surprised by how fast this all came together? I wasn't especially surprised with how fast it came together because I mean to be real Gary Bohannon was the best quarterback in the in the portal and it was not particularly close I mean somebody who obviously won 10 games as a starter last year won the Sugar Bowl uh, was quarterback of a 12 and 2 Big 12 championship team so I knew that there would be interest I was a little surprised to see how quickly this came together with South Florida you know I, I thought that maybe Arizona State before uh, they picked up Emory Jones might make some sense. Obviously, I think that there were reports that he was going and visiting Missouri, and, and Missouri's in desperate need of a quarterback. But I really like this fit in some ways. You know, South Florida heading into year three under Jeff Scott really, really is desperate for results. Uh, they've been miserable the, the first two years under Jeff Scott. And I, I think that having somebody who, 
who can bring that level of quarterback play into the American Athletic Conference, somebody who can be a dual threat passer, but also, uh, you know, kind of go downfield. And really, when you look at the situation, I'd be pretty surprised if he didn't start, which has to be an attractive situation to hit, right? I mean, if, if you go to Missouri, if you go to Arizona State, you're competing for the starting job. I think that this is relatively close to being a guarantee to start. So I, I think that this makes a lot of sense for him. Uh, again, big year three for Jeff Scott's program, uh, but they brought in one of the top 25 transfer classes in the country, one of the best group of five transfer classes in the country behind, I believe it's like SMU and, and UCF, and that might be it. So I think that they're a program that's poised to take that next step. And, and certainly if you know Gary Bohannon and, and what he's been to Baylor in terms of an off-the-field presence, I think that he is the exact type of person that you want in your building if you're Jeff Scott and you're still trying to put together a rebuild. You know, you're, you're talking about somebody who has seen it all, who, you know, did was at Baylor through a 2-7 and seven season and took them to a Big 12 championship. So, I mean, that's the kind of person that I think that you want in the room if you're a football coach, and I think that he's going to be a huge benefit to that program. You mentioned SMU there. What's going on with the Ponies? They seem like they got a nice little pipeline down to Austin. You got three three horns on your on your roster now. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of the, the part about Transfer Portal and NIL that people don't talk about enough, and that's if, uh, you know, if Texas is – adding all these extra players and giving up on all these receivers, they're going somewhere else. And, uh, and SMU, you know, I think that, uh, you know, maybe this is too simplistic, but I mean, when Shane Bouchelle goes there and has just a tremendous career for SMU and then has a chance to go play in the NFL for the Kansas city chiefs, I think that any prospect in the country who, who goes and plays at Texas has to look at SMU as an opportunity to, to go and raise your stock. I mean, even, even I think you look at Reggie Roberson, you look at Danny Gray, these are guys who started at other schools and, and turned into great uh, guys at the, uh, you know, who have a chance to play in the NFL at receivers. So I think that, uh, that you look at that. And then you also look at, you know, if you're an offensive player at their offense, they're one of these programs in the state that I think really is dynamic. They've been aggressive in the transfer portal. They've sold themselves at this point for like five years as being the, the program that you jump back to if you're from the city of Dallas or from the area. And I, I think that they're making a great pitch. Uh, they, they're a very well-run program. They've got, you know, great facilities. I think that they have a, a, an awesome opportunity to be the beneficiary of some of these bounce backs as, as programs like Texas and even as Texas A&M kind of uh, overfill their classes. Shay Han, uh, it, it may be May, but man, there is a lot of football news going on. What are you uh, What are you working on for CBSSports.com? Yeah, well, today I have a piece going up on sort of dark horse playoff teams. Uh, you know, I, I pick a team from each conference who maybe has a chance to uh, to, to crash the field. And I also, <laughs> you know, after the Kentucky Derby this week, I, I wanted to find some teams that had like eighty to one odds, like the horse that Juan did. <laughs> So, so I did have a section at the bottom where I pulled a couple of teams who had either 80 to one or worse odds to, to, to make the college football playoff field. So, uh, you know, we, we get some interesting names in there, right? Like, I mean, I, I tried to cut it down for dark horse teams. I, I wanted it to be worse than 50 to one odds. So I think that I get pretty creative in there. So I, I think it's a pretty fun read. So that's, uh, that's coming today, huh? Yes. Yes. That'll be out this morning. All right. Perfect. I appreciate your time as always. Shayhan. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. Talk to you soon. Shehan Jayaraja from CBSSports.com. That'll be a fun read. Teams that are 80-1 to 1, uh, to get into the college football playoff. Who would you maybe, think? Maybe if you had a real playoff. Yeah, well, <laughs> good. Go. But uh, that, shh, yeah, I, I agree. But uh, under the format, who would you think? An Austin P. 
Give me UTSA. No, they're probably not a, not an eighty. I hate one. to I say bet it. They're pretty far. Yeah, I bet they're pretty close. UTSA might be a fun one. North Texas. North Texas. Yeah. UTEP. Yeah. Tarleton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there. I mean, we just look what we just did in our neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Seven fifty-one. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Coming up. Uh, let's see. We're gonna get into some Ranger news and notes, and then we will uh, visit with John Morris. He's got the bigger sports beat. That's coming up as well this morning before eight o'clock. Drive safely on your way to work. Tom and Ward and Garrett. We're glad you're with us on ESPN Central Texas. Recently on the John Moore Show. Bill Brock, the new women's basketball coach at MCC. I Again, I think that's a great hire. And how about this? I mean, he's so well thought of at Grace, and they named the court after him. Really? Yes. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. That's and he's in incredible. there at Hall of Fame. And now MCC and Grayson, when they play each other, mm-hmm. he'll be the visiting coach. Playing on his own court. Yes. <laughs> on a court with his name on it. John Moore's weekdays at 3 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. The only dentist in the Bosqueville Independent School District is Saddle Creek Dental. Since 2007, doctors Dodd Moore and Jacob Moore have helped patients of all ages while providing them personalized, gentle care they deserve. They offer laser dentistry, cosmetic fillings, single-day crowns, Invisalign clear aligners, and dental implants. Emergency care and conscious sedation is available. Schedule an appointment today, Saddle Creek Dental, 10104 Saddle Creek Drive and at SaddleCreekDental.com. Hopkins Oil Company is proud of the students, faculty, staff, and administration of Crawford Independent School District and wishes the Pirates and Lady Pirates all the best on the field, court, or diamond. Established in 1962, Hopkins Oil Company of Crawford is the oldest running wholesale fuel and lubricant distributor in Central Texas. Locally owned and operated by Jeff and Molly Bays and open 24-7, Hopkins Oil Company has a proud tradition of quality products and outstanding customer service. If you'd like to learn more about Hopkins Oil Company, call Brad Cox at 254-486-0123. Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas, football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Voss. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our Sausage. It's time now for The Naked Truck, the ongoing saga of the battle to end truck nudity, presented by Pickup Outfitters. In this episode, we find Amanda and Brad on a date. Oh, Amanda, will you... Brad, I'm sorry. I just can't go out with you in this truck anymore. It's just so bare. You have nothing on this truck. But I have these subs that I bought online. Online? Really? Subwoofers are just a way for a man to make up for his lack of equipment. I am going out with Justin. Oh, I know why. It's not just because he has a big dually. It's not the size of the truck that matters. You have tunes that give me a headache. Justin has running boards and a hitch to pull his boat. That's just because he goes to pick up outfitters. Maybe you should take a lesson, Brad. Will Amanda and Justin find happiness? Will Brad go to pick up outfitters? Tune in again to The Naked Truck. Brought to you by Pickup Outfitters, 220 Lake Ear Drive in Waco. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update brought to you by ASCO Equipment in Belton off I-35. On it with Case Construction Equipment, whatever the job is. 
Nestor Cortez no hit the Rangers until the eighth. Texas did get two hits, but still lost to the Yankees 1-0. The Rangers start a nine-game homestand hosting Kansas City tonight. You can hear the game on ESPN Central Texas. The Astros are on the road for the next nine days. They visit Minnesota tonight for the first of three games against the Twins. The NCAA has set some guidelines concerning name, image, and likeness. The guidelines attempt to put a stop to so-called collectives by boosters that have made monetary offers to high school recruits and portal transfers. With the series even at two games each, the Dallas Mavericks look to get the upper hand on the Suns in Phoenix tonight. A win would give Dallas a chance to advance to the next round with a home win on Thursday. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. All right, 7.55. We're five away from 8 o'clock. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom and Ward and Garrett, all right. Yesterday, right here on ESPN Central Texas, it was a terrific game. Yankees, Rangers from that Little League field. <laughs> I still can't get over that. <laughs> Woody calling it a Little League park. Uh, <laughs> Yankee Stadium. Yankees win one to nothing. Texas now 11-16. The uh, Yankees are 20-8. and but Ward, Texas, if I'd have told you that they're going to limit the Yankees to five runs in three games, wouldn't you think they'd win more than one game? Probably you'd say, yeah, they got a, a really good chance at doing that, but they, they couldn't get it done. Two hits yesterday. Well, the Yankees only had six. They yeah. didn't exactly set the woods on fire, but Texas only had two hits yesterday. Uh and Texas's first hit didn't come to like the seventh. No, the eighth inning. It was the eighth, eighth inning. Eighth inning. They were being no-noed. Uh, and, and get two hits. And that's it. No runs. Lose one nothing. And I don't know. Uh, tough, that's a tough series. You played well enough to win all three, and you come out of there with one. Yeah, Yankees, and you better be glad you came out of there with one. Yeah, because the Yankees are playing really well right now. Mm-hmm. They are. They are. But they're not exactly an, an offensive juggernaut right now. No, but they, I mean, they they're limit. Winning. They they limit what other teams can do to them, and that's that's the recipe for winning for them. And and, and again, it's interesting what uh, what they said on the broadcast, not yesterday, but Sunday, on how this Yankee team is about getting to their bullpen. Starters get them four or five, and then they want they think the best that they have to offer on the mound comes out of the pen. And so, therefore, if if the, if they're in the game in the middle innings, they feel like they got a chance because then that's when they go to the pen. And the pins. Well, okay, the closer yesterday, uh, he gave up a hit, which was shocking. He has not given up a run this year. He's got a zero point zero zero ERA. That's what you want. That's kind of good. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So that's that's their situation they're going good now texas is back home you know yesterday was supposed to be a travel day it's it, but because of the inclement weather they played a lot of teams did by the way uh so today is uh they open up a series against kansas city we'll see how that goes and uh, you can hear the game beginning at 6 30 right here uh on espn central texas all right 758 let's get to john Morse. he's got today's baylor sports beat program this is the baylor sports beat a daily look inside baylor athletics now, here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Everybody, summer check of Baylor Athletics on today's Baylor Sports Beat. 
Coming up, Baylor women's golf in first place at the end of the first round of the NCAA Stillwater Regional. We'll give you details straight ahead coming up on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Not only will you find an award-winning dealer at Allen Samuels, but you'll also find some great award-winning products. The 2021 Ram brand ranked number one automotive brand on J.D. Power's initial quality study. The 2021 Dodge brand ranked number two behind Ram and the 2021 Jeep Gladiator named highest quality midsize truck. Alan Samuels, 201 West Loop 340 in Waco, where we deliver quality. Come by. Let's be friends. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Now back to today's Baylor Sports Beat. Here again is the voice, John Morris. And welcome back. Baylor women's golf playing the second of three rounds in the NCAA Stillwater Regional today in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And they begin the day in first place after yesterday's first round, 292 plus four score by the Baylor team. Baylor with a stroke lead over Clemson after the first round in third place, four strokes back of the Bears, host Oklahoma State and Arizona State at plus eight. The Bears overcame a tough course under very trying conditions to post their 292 score yesterday. Here's Baylor women's golf coach Jay Goble. I really think this is a great golf course to have a regional championship because you have to fight so hard out here every day, and it prepares you for, for what you're going to see in postseason. It prepares you for what you're going to see at nationals. So, you know, the fact that we had some stumbles coming in but then made some great uh, two eagles and birdie or something on the last last hole here, I mean, again, shows our perseverance. But this, uh, this is going to be a fight until the end of Wednesday. I mean, that's just the way – regionals is and we're gonna go through our process the same way we always do we're gonna reflect on the round go out and work on stuff we need to get better at for tomorrow and we're gonna get ready to go grind it out on Tuesday um, there's really nothing else you can do out here everybody's gonna take a lot of punches out here especially in a 25 mile an hour wind um, so so yeah you just have to put your head down get back to work and go out there and hit every shot as best you can I think that uh Again, seeing the way they fought the last couple holes was great, and I think that we're going to have to continue to do that for two more days. Baylor women's golf coach Jay Goble following yesterday's first round 292 that has the Bears in first after the first of three rounds in the NCAA Stillwater Regional. Britta Snyder, the number one individual after the first round of three under 69. Rosie Belsham tied for fifth with an even par 72. Gurleen Kaur at 75 puts her in a tie for 15. The second round today, the third and final round tomorrow in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Follow along on GolfStat.com. And that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. More tomorrow. I'm John Morris. Baylor baseball headed to Manhattan, Kansas for a three-game series with Kansas State this weekend. 
Games Friday at 6 p.m., Saturday at 4, and Sunday at 1 for the Bears and the Wildcats from the Little Apple. Bears, Wildcats, Big 12 Baseball this weekend from the Little Apple. Join Derek Smith and Max Calderon this weekend here on ESPN Central Texas. Driving across Texas? <laughs> Get comfortable. There's nearly 300,000 square miles to explore. In a state this big, you need auto coverage from someone who knows it all. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance, for coverage that's right for how and where you drive in every moment of every mile. Call us, because moments worth covering are never accidents. Call Bubba Galvan, 855-7387, to see if you qualify to save up to 40% on your auto insurance. 855-7387. Discounts may vary by situation. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. All right, welcome back into the program. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward and Garrett's just after 8 o'clock. We welcome you back into the program, and our 8 o'clock hour is brought to you by Good Feet in the Central Texas Marketplace. See what a free arch support fitting can do for you. Uh, also brought to you by Big Boys Record Service, family-owned and operated since 1984. No job is too big or too small. They do it all at Big Boys Record Service. And by Landscape Supply, mow with the best, Gravely, Landscape Supply in Spiegelville. So I uh, appreciate all, all those folks for being a part of the program. And, of course, we are presented by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Fiat, your friend in the car business. All right, coming up uh, – on Thursday, Ward, Baylor softball will open up Big 12 tournament play, and it's a 4-5 matchup. The Bears will go in as the fifth seed. They tied Iowa State in the conference standings at six wins and 12 losses. They both are 6-12, and 12, but Iowa State won the series, so uh, Iowa State will be the fourth seed, but, you know, uh, it doesn't really matter uh, because four is playing five, and uh, that is the, that's the matchup there. When you look at the Big 12 standings, and by the way, the winner of that game on Thursday would then play the number one seed, Oklahoma, uh, on Friday uh, at 1 o'clock. So uh, when you look at the standings, wouldn't you say the top three in the Big 12, no matter what happens in this tournament, are bound for the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I I, I think that's pretty much set because – as good as this conference is at the top of it, um, you think everything sh- probably will go status quo in, in this in this tournament. Just because, I mean, look look at the teams at the top. I mean, Oklahoma is phenomenal, just amazing what what they've been able to accomplish in the regular season, and I, I don't. I don't know if there's anybody out there, even in postseason, that's going to really put a big scare into them. I mean, they do everything right. And it, it's pretty amazing what they put together. From a conference championship, even from a NCAA national championship, uh, they're clearly the team to beat, aren't they? I would think so. Yeah, 48-1? Are well, you kidding me already? Plus, they're going to play in their backyard. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, everybody's I mean, going to have to come there and go through them. Uh, the uh, the World Series is held in Oklahoma City, which is what you know, Skip Rock, what, yeah. 15, 20 miles, something like that. Yeah, from Norman. Yeah, uh, but 
They're forty eight and one. It's not just you know the record, which is amazing. It's how they're accomplishing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many run rule games have they had? Oh, they're dominant. I mean, there for a while. What do we talk about? They had ten in a row run rule games. I believe it was yeah. ten. That's that's crazy. You know, they lost to Texas for their one loss. Yeah, back in April. And and then when they played Baylor, they were on the ropes. Baylor had, I believe, a 1-0 lead into the seventh inning Mm -hmm. when Oklahoma. But other than that, uh, as you mentioned, and how they constructed this team is unbelievable. I mean, they're they're that dominant. But And then you look at at Oklahoma State at 14-4. In the conference, they're thirty-eight and twelve overall. Texas at thirty-seven and sixteen. They're in third place, and and then it kind of gets bunched up. And I'm curious with Baylor at twenty at uh, twenty-eight and twenty-three. Let let's just pretend they beat Iowa State and get to the and get to the uh, second round. And what if they beat the number one seed in the world <laughs> in Oklahoma and got the thirty wins? I think they, is that, is they, that enough? I think it should be legitimately enough. It, it should get them. It should at least get them a ticket to the party. So, because if they if they beat Oklahoma, they probably they have a really good chance of winning the Big Twelve tournament. If they win the Big Twelve tournament, then they're automatically they're automatically in. Yeah. If if they're playing for the championship game, because they beat Oklahoma. They should get at least a legitimate look. Well, I tell you what, that's and, gonna, it, and that also depends on what's going on in the other conferences too. The ACC is loaded, so whoever right. I mean, you're going to have to go through, you know, Florida State or somebody like that too, and that, that's going to be difficult. But I'm sitting here thinking, the Big but Twelve just, just getting to to the NCAA tournament would be a huge step. Oh, absolutely for them, no doubt, considering how their season went and how yeah exactly how it began. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, and if you if you pick, look, it's th- it's three rounds in the Big Twelve tournament. Uh, and, and I'm with you. If you get to if you get to the championship game, that means you've eliminated Oklahoma. That means you just beat the number one seed, uh, in the, not only in the tournament but in the in the country. That's got to give you a great RPI boost. It gets you to thirty wins. Uh, I think it's got to it, put it, you in the conversation, yeah, doesn't it, it? It's got to put you in the conversation, and, and again, it depends on what happens in the other conferences. If the other conferences go status quo, then you probably should be in. If there's another upset, well, it depends on who upset who it, to put them that that are even with you there, and, and now it's just a coin flip. So I, I think that's you know again, if it if everything else goes as planned, and mm-hmm. you you have been the disruptor in your conference to get to the conference championship, you should probably get in because you had that boost toward the end of the season. I And I've always been going into whatever tournament it is, baseball, basketball, I, you know, I want the teams that are playing best right now. I don't want the teams that played good early and faded at the end anyway just because they have a good RPI. I always thought that that was a little bit ridiculous I think it should be accountable, but I also think how you're playing right now should be very accountable to getting into any tournament. I would tell you this, and I don't know if it still is, but it used to be in baseball, your last 10 meant a lot. Your last 10 games meant a lot 
in determining. I, I'm just having a hard time believing that this league is only going to get three teams. Look, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas are locks, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is that it out of this league? It's not going to be Iowa State. They're a 500 team. Uh, unless you, unless somebody from the bottom, middle and bottom, wins the tournament, I think your only other real option is Baylor. And and they're going to have to do some work. Well, they're playing their best ball right now, though. And that's what you – you bring up a good point because – and I, I go back to that game on Friday against Texas. They've really flipped a switch, and they were able to carry that over into Saturday. And I think it's cool to see the growth because they're so young. But, you know, you, you know as a coach, when you get this part in the season – those freshmen and sophomores are no longer freshmen and no, sophomores. No, they grown up. And I think you're starting to see that maturity carry over onto the field of the play for Baylor. Well, and, and I think in that Saturday game, there was probably a couple of months' worth of frustration taken out bit. on the softball when they put 10 up in the seventh and, and scored 17. Come on. Uh, it, it was probably, you know. And, and when you do that, as you know, and you kind of the, the, the old pass the bat thing, uh, you start to relax, and, and I think probably over the last several weeks, there's been a lot of, lot of, lot of kids that are just squeezing the heck out of the bat, trying to. They want to win so bad, and they want to do something good for their team so bad that you know that they're they're pressing. Well, I think the last five or six games, they've kind of relaxed and just, as you point out all the time, let the game come to them. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what's 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 happened with this team. Now, is it a little too late? I don't know. There's most think that they have to win the tournament. Most of, and I and I think if they get to the championship game, they should be. Well, in. I, you know what? And I'm with you because the quality of this league. <clears throat> we'll see. We'll see. But you know what? If you get to the championship game, you might as well go ahead and win it. <laughs> well, that's true too. I mean, there's I mean, no doubt about that. But I just I think that should be enough to give them a legitimate consideration. It puts them at thirty. Puts them seven or eight games above five hundred. Uh, with some quality RPI wins late, you know, uh, Texas and mm-hmm. and Oklahoma. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, maybe maybe that resume is enough. And, and how much is reputation? You know, this is a program that's been to the College World Series four times. How much is reputation involved in this thing? Uh, I mean, it's got to be a factor. Well, certainly point. it is. Certainly, when you you start to see, well, go back and look at the the baseball standings right now. You've got a team that's in the middle of the pack that's still in the top 20. And you got some teams ahead of them that are not in the top 20. Mm-hmm. And it's all where they started. You know, uh, you know, Texas started number one in the country. Preseason number one. Don't, you know, and a team that made it to Omaha a year ago. Mm-hmm. It, that's just part of the deal. So, yeah, I think reputation that certainly has something to do with it. All right. It's uh, 8-13, 13 minutes after 8 o'clock. That's a, a quick check on uh, the uh, Baylor softball team. I want to talk some NFL football with you. There's nothing wrong with talking the NFNL. We'll, uh, we'll do that next right here on ESPN Central Texas. The weather this hour is brought to you by Alliance Bank. At Alliance Bank, you'll find superior service and products to meet your financial needs. 
This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Another hot and humid day here in Central Texas as we'll see decreasing clouds with plenty of sunshine this afternoon. 94 degrees the high. If we touch 94, that will tie the record high. Tonight, increasing clouds. We drop to 70 and more of the same tomorrow. Clouds in the morning, sunshine by the afternoon, and a high of 93. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Matt Mosley, weekdays at 4 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. I don't know what to think about it all. I mean, I'm glad that the players get paid. Like, if you try to express anything like, this is out of control, the Twitter mob will come after you. Oh, my gosh, you want to hold down the players. Nobody wants to hold down the players. I don't think NIL was created to turn this into the Wild West. The Matt Mosley Show, weekdays 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Isbell Construction Ltd., located in the Crawford area, is a family-owned and operated utility company that contracts for Texas telephone companies. Established in 1985, Isbell Construction Ltd. takes pride in their work and in their hometown. Isbell Construction Ltd. supports the local communities and the Crawford Lady Pirates. Isbell Construction Ltd. wishes the Lady Pirates a big win all the way to state. Go Lady Pirates! Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas. Football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Voss. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. Pascal Insurance and Real Estate is a full-service independent insurance agency and real estate company. They write all policies from commercial to auto and home. Pascal Insurance represents multiple companies, including Safeco, Travelers, Allstate, Progressive, Nationwide, and Hoheim Prairie. The real estate experts specialize in residential, commercial, and farm and ranch properties. Stop by and check them out at 401 Madison and McGregor or learn more at psrealtors.com. When it's more than just your lawn, it deserves the Kubota Z400. Get a head-turning offer on class-leading speed, agility, simple deck height adjustments, and a quality cut. When you need comfort and performance, then you need the professional-grade Kubota Z400. Right now, get the Kubota Z400 mower for zero down, 0% APR for 36 months, or save $300. Now through June 30th. See us or go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. WC Tractor, now with six convenient locations to serve you. Find us at WCTractor.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update. The NCAA has set some guidelines concerning name, image, and likeness. The guidelines attempt to put a stop to so-called collectives by boosters that have made monetary offers to high school recruits and portal transfers. MCC will be the highest-ranked team at this week's Region 5 postseason tournament. The Highlanders are ranked fourth this week by the JUCO National Office, while New Mexico will be the only other ranked team playing in Midland at number 20. Nestor Cortez no-hit the Rangers until the eighth. Texas did get two hits, but still lost to the Yankees 1-0. The Rangers start a nine-game homestand hosting Kansas City tonight, and you can hear the game on ESPN Central Texas. The Astros are on the road for the next nine days. They visit Minnesota tonight for the first of three games against the Twins. 
Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Game time is brought to you by Big Boys Record Service, Good Feet, and Landscape Supply. All right, it's 18 minutes after 8 o'clock. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward and Garrett, we're glad you're with us. Ward softball moves into round three, and a lot of a lot of area teams still going strong, including uh, Crawford, as they'll uh, they'll be back in action on Wednesday night. Yeah, Crawford moves into round number three and takes on uh, Italy. Kind of thought that that might have a possibility of coming down the tracks, and both of them able to uh, win in two games on Saturday and uh, move into a, a three-game set, a little bit unusual schedule, a Wednesday, Friday, Saturday possibility for a, a three-game series all at Waco ISD. So should be a packed stadium, should be a lot of fun starting tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. So there you go. So Wednesday night uh, is game one, Friday night's game two, and then the, the if game uh, will Noon be on, on Saturday. Saturday. So there you go. So uh, Italy – on the boys' side, defeated Wortham last night. They mm-hmm. concluded their three-game series last night with game three. Italy wins that. And so now it's Italy and Bosqueville on the baseball side in round two. And uh, that will be uh, that will be a, uh, a one-game only, and it will be on Thursday night at 7 o'clock at Waco ISD Stadium. So – uh, I, I would assume that, and, and I'm not going to, you shouldn't assume anything, but I, I'm assuming that Bosqueville probably wanted a series and Italy probably wanted the one game and, mm-hmm. you know, probably came down to a coin flip or whatever. I don't know. I don't know all the details yet, but I do know it's just one game and it'll be Thursday night at seven o'clock and we'll have it right here on ESPN beginning at six forty-five with the warm up and seven o'clock for the first pitch. Uh, as as you know, uh, anything can happen in a in a one game series. Well, and that's what team you know coaches look at that and and evaluate what they have. And if if you've got a you know a really good stud pitcher that has the opportunity to be able to win you some games, but you don't feel like that you have you know a number two or a number three that's that's matchable to the other teams. You might want to take your chances on a coin flip and, and try to go the one-game route and see if, if your guy can steal one and, and move you to the next round. That's why coaches do that. And you, you can't blame them. No, you, you got to do what's best for your club. Yeah, absolutely. And whatever that looks like is whatever that looks like. So, there you go. No doubt. Uh, what a, what a, look, in two days, we'll, and we'll talk more about it. The NFL schedule is going to come out. But I was interested in this. Get your thoughts. Week two is going to have you know you know normally in week one they have the the doubleheader the Monday night doubleheader one early game out on the West Coast and then a, uh, a late game or, or a, you know an, I'm sorry an early game on the East Coast and then a late game on the West Coast but we get a doubleheader on Monday night football to open the season well we're going to get it again in week two with Tennessee and Buffalo at six fifteen and then Philadelphia and Minnesota at seven thirty. Uh, your your thoughts on having a doubleheader on on the second week? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this is them trying to appease the the two different crews that they have or what what their mm-hmm. thought process is. But I'm I'm assuming it probably has something to do with that. Now look, the Bills and the Titans. That's a great matchup, and that's that's one that you want to see. I'm not so sure that Minnesota and Philadelphia holds the same uh, salt as as that first game so I don't I don't really understand the scheduling other than 
maybe they're just trying to get enough games in for the two different crews now that they have Aikman and Buck in the in the prime seat for them. Well, we'll, we'll find out. And again, a couple up coming up in a couple of days, they're going to release the uh, the schedule. And I'm sure they had to rework it when Tom Brady decided to come back and play football uh, for the Tampa Bay. Uh, football yeah, Thursday, the entire NFL yeah. schedule gets right. released. I'm excited about that. All right, let's uh, welcome into the program the head softball coach of the uh, Baylor Bears, Glenn Moore. Coach, good morning. How are you? Good, Tom. I got on the lawnmower this morning trying to get some things done before we head out tomorrow and uh, let time slip away. I apologize. Not a problem. Hey, we were talking about this, and again, looking to your crystal ball here, you're going to open with in a four-five matchup in the in the conference tournament, Iowa State. We're assuming that uh, that you're as well as you're playing, you're going to take care of business. If you were to beat Oklahoma in 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 the second game, that gets you to thirty wins, some really nice RPI wins. Does that put you, in your opinion, in the conversation for the NCAA tournament? Yeah, obviously that's a big if. Uh, anytime Oklahoma is in your uh, in your in your conference, but. Uh, but it still it can happen, and we we really actually did that up there enormous. So we know we can play with them if we're on our best game, Tom. But uh, I I think you're right, and that's the way we're going to look at it. Keep the uh, optimism, Coach. Your team playing very well toward the end of the season, and you hear you know those light bulb moments and types like that. Is this team just coming together and starting to gel at the right time? We are. Keep in mind that. Uh, over the course of the last few games, we've started seven sophomores and two freshmen on defense. So it's naturally going to take a little time to get a, a young team like that uh, in, in going in the right direction. And You know, I fault myself in not finding the combination a little sooner, but uh, we're trying to work out a good balance between the offense and being stable on defense. And starting the, uh, the fall, we had a few extra players than we have right now, so we you know, it just sometimes takes a little longer. I think this is the longest it's ever taken me to come up with the, the right combination, though. Glenn, talk a little bit about uh, this last series with Texas. Uh, Friday night, you got behind early, and then things started to kind of click for you, and then Saturday was just a huge day. Yeah, well, this team's played with some good teams, and we just haven't been able to figure out how to win. Sometimes it takes you a little bit longer to – to figure that out and uh you know softball is really good in the in the big 12 top half of the big 12 is as good as any conference in the country right now and texas is in, in in the middle of that um but we have played well enough against some top teams tom to to know that we're capable of it's just the roller coaster of how we play uh, again i think that's attributed to immaturity this team loves to have fun and uh they're fun to coach and they're fun to practice but they're very frustrating in the fact that they lose focus, as uh, young teams do sometimes. And uh, I think that's why we've had the roller coaster season that we've had and the roller coaster games that we've had. But uh, we knew it was a lot riding on the, the weekend. And, uh, you know, I thought uh, we dug that hole early. I think we're a little uptight when Texas came to Waco and we dug that hole. But the kids fought back. They they could have thrown in the towel easily on that game. It was nearly a run roll game. And then they fought back and made a game out of it. And then we go down there with a lot of frustration, and and it just was bottled up. and And it was fun to see them compete at that level against five of their pitchers. We saw we saw five different pitchers, and um, just uh, just did not take the foot off the accelerator. 
Coach, do you carry that into the Big 12 tournament and, and, and talk about, hey, let's just go out there and have fun and don't let this tournament get too big? Yeah, I think so. I think that's exactly what uh, what we have to do. That would that's that's going to be my approach. Uh, you know, I think there's a balance between fun and focus, though, and that's what we've struggled with. So I'll be uh, I'll pamper my words a little bit uh, with uh, with how much fun we're going to have because you know we we still have a chance. If we were going into this tournament with you know no chance at all, uh, then you know, might be a little bit more on the fun side, just enjoy yourself. But we've got a little bit of a business attitude with us, and we're in the middle of finals too, so that always is a a different dynamic uh, whenever you deal with that. Uh, so we'll mostly be done. Sometimes that's a good sign. Um, hope I'm not too windy out here with you. i got dogs barking everywhere, so <laughs> I apologize. But uh, trying to get away from them. But I think uh, I think that is the approach. We're going to enjoy ourselves and try to. I think this team plays better whenever they're uh, certainly uh, having a little fun and cutting up. Coach, you you mentioned how the quality of the league, and and we were just talking about it. And again, uh, I'm certainly <laughs> we don't have privy to to the committee or anything like that. But I gotta just there's got to be more than three teams. Uh, coming out of the Big 12 into the NCAA tournament. This league is just too good, isn't it? You know, Tom, the, the RPI is what scares scares me. Um, we have the uh, uh, lowest RPI or highest RPI that we've we've ever had in, in, in the last 10 years anyway. So that's what concerns me the most. But I keep uh, reminding the team and our staff that RPI is, while important, is it is one of – several factors that they use and being in a power five certainly has uh has some some weight to it and and i'm hanging on to that a little bit if you will and i think uh you know i i wish we had taken care of business in a few of those uh big wins we've had a a few critical losses as well so uh to me we've given the committee every reason not to pick us uh but at the same time i think they can find reasons to uh, if we do well in the Big 12 tournament to uh, to give us the nod. We were talking about it, and I'll just ask the question. Does does reputation uh, have anything to do with when the selection committee is looking at those those teams that are, are three seeds and four seeds? Yeah, I, I would like to think so. I've never been on that committee. I've been on an advising committee that uh, advised that committee, and I uh, certainly know a few that are on that committee and have quizzed them about it already. And, and, uh, they seem to think that, uh, you know, your, your, uh, past performances are, are, uh, they shy away from, uh, trying to use that, but they seem to think that that has some influences. And we've always, traditionally, we've been a a pretty good postseason team and, and played our best ball at that time of the year. Final thought. Uh, we were we were talking about it. Uh, when you look at your record, uh, you're above 500 at home. You're above 500 on the road, and you're above 500 in neutral site games. I, I think that that says something positive about your ball club as well. Yeah, you guys are surely making me um, encouraged here. <laughs> I, I'm uh, I'm frustrated with uh, the fact that I know we should have performed better. When from a win loss standpoint. I know we've had our opportunities, uh, but at the same time, I, I go back to many of these things that you guys have mentioned, and I think uh, there's still some some possibilities that, that we get in, and 
Uh, you know, the way we're focusing on Iowa State right now, uh, we had an opportunity to win that series at home on senior weekend, and we let it slip away. But now, although we're fifth and they're fourth, uh, it's going to come down. If they take a fourth team out of the Big 12, it's going to come down to who wins that game. Uh, RPI are similar. We're a little ahead of them right now in RPI. But uh, if they take more than three, which would – be kind of crazy thinking of our conference only having three teams but if they take more than three then it's going to come down to who wins that game i can't see them taking a fifth but uh certainly would get us in if they do that so uh there's certainly reason for optimism and uh you know we're going to go in prepared to uh, compete this next game against iowa state hey hey glenn i know that mowing the grass is kind of therapeutic for you so when we hang up i'm going to text you my address because i want you to be as relaxed as you need to be going into uh going into the, the Big 12 tournament. You're always looking looking out for me. I am. Hey, Coach, thanks. I appreciate your time as always. Thank you, guys. Talk to you thank soon. You. That's uh, Glenn Moore, the head softball coach at Banner University. It's 831. We're going to talk, talk some South Florida football. We're going to do it next right here on ESPN Central Texas. Recently on Game Time. And we're joined now by Jeff Wilson from rangerstoday.com. First of all, when you're talking about Willie Calhoun or Zach Rex. You're talking about the last guy on the team, the 13th position player out of 13. So I think you kind of have to put it in context there. How big of a deal is it? It's a big deal because he was the guy in the U Darvish trade. You know, one thing that thought Willie had outgrown was, for lack of a better word, his poutiness when something goes wrong. Game time, weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. American Bank has been serving Waco since 1952 and we're just getting started. Hi, I'm President and CEO Dana Hassel. Over the past few years, we've been busy investing in new technology to give you the best banking experience possible. We've also expanded our downtown branch and built two state-of-the-art buildings at our Woodway and Bellmead locations. With bright open lobbies plus fast personal interactive teller machines, everyone in Waco is now just minutes away from face-to-face -face banking. Visit us today and see how we're invested in serving you at American Bank. Member FDIC. Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a time manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts, digger derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. They offer a great benefits package and outstanding starting pay. Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco to apply. I'm Amy Hunter, president of Jeff Hunter Toyota. With our state-of-the-art service and body shop, there's no need to go anywhere else. Our factory-trained technicians will take great care of you. I guarantee it. Jeff Hunter Toyota. 
Toyota quality, Waco values. Refinance your vehicle with Genco and skip payments for 90 days. Rates as low as 1.99% APR for 48 months. Online applications will get an additional 0.1% off their rate and have a chance to win a 0% auto loan. We had another baby, so we really needed a lower car payment and a bigger car. Refinancing our loan with Genco made both possible. Thank you, Genco. Subject to credit approval, membership eligibility, and loan policies. For more information, go to GencoFCU.org. Member NCUA. Genco! ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update. The NCAA has set some guidelines concerning name, image, and likeness. The guidelines attempt to put a stop to so-called collectives by boosters that have made monetary offers to high school recruits and portal transfers. MCC will be the highest-ranked team at this week's Region 5 postseason tournament. The Highlanders are ranked fourth this week by the JUCO National Office, while New Mexico will be the only other ranked team playing in Midland at number 20. Nestor Cortez no-hit the Rangers until the eighth. Texas did get two hits, but still lost to the Yankees 1-0. The Rangers start a nine-game homestand hosting Kansas City tonight, and you can hear the game on ESPN Central Texas. The Astros are on the road for the next nine days. They visit Minnesota tonight for the first of three games against the Twins. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. All right, welcome back into the program. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas, and we welcome you into the program from Bulls 247 Sports, Will Turner. Will, good morning. How are you, buddy? Good morning. Doing well. How about y'all? We are terrific. We appreciate your time this morning. Uh, let, let's let's dive right into it. Uh, Gary Bohannon is uh, jumps into the portal and makes his way to to South Florida. It, it, it looked like from our seat that this thing happened rather quickly. Is 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 that accurate? Yeah, it is. It is. USF really didn't intend to take a take another quarterback this year. Um, you know, in this transfer cycle, but it, it, you know, when, uh, when he was in the portal and he was, uh, seen as, as having some interest in USF along with Missouri and, and Oklahoma is what's been reported. Um, it was, it was pretty quick. He, uh, took a, uh, a visit last weekend and, um, uh, by the end of the weekend, he, uh, he ended up announcing his commitment and his intention to transfer. But yeah, it was, it was pretty quick. It was pretty unexpected. I think for a lot of the outside folks involved. What does the offense look like with Gary Bohannon at QB? So it's going to be um, pretty pretty similar to what USF ran last year. Uh, USF just hired a, a brand-new offensive coordinator in Travis Trickett, who was the tight ends coach over at West Virginia. So very, you know, uh, he knows about Gary. He knows about, you know, uh, about what he brings to the table, especially after seeing him play against West Virginia and as well as he played against West Virginia last year in that game against uh, with Baylor, um, you know it's going to be very quick game offense, a lot of side to side action with uh, sc- uh, you know a good amount of screens and, and guys in front to to try and get guys in open space and get uh, upfield. Um, there's a, a good amount of, uh, of investment in the running game as well, and uh, you know I think Gary Bohannon's going to fit very well into that offense considering you know he was money in those short yardage games last year. Um, in the zero to nine and in the short and intermediate passing. And I think it's going to be a great fit because I think the offenses are very, very similar uh, from what they ran at Baylor to what they're going to run at South Florida with Travis Trickett. Well, will there be a competition at all? Or do you think this is one where Gary's just automatically the starter? 
there's going to be a competition. So USF last year, uh, they have Timmy McLean, who was a who was a true freshman out of Seminole High School in uh, the Orlando area, and was seen as one of the best quarterbacks in the state. Um, he ended up getting the nod to start in Game Three against Florida A and M. Um, ended up taking the job from Cade Fortin, who uh, was a transfer out of North Carolina, who's now at Arkansas. And McLean took the job in week three, kind of ran with it, quite literally, you know, running quarterback that made his living on broken plays and, and, and scrambled a lot and did a great job with that. And, uh, you know, obviously it's hard to, to, to replace an entrenched starter. And I think that's going to be, you know, kind of the situation in the fall. And then you've got Travis Marsh, who's a, who's a redshirt uh, a sophomore who came in. He was part of the first class that Jeff Scott had, the transitional class when he took over in 2020. Marsh has started a, a couple games here and there. He's gotten some time. Um, big arms, 6'4", uh, 225, and, uh, you know, great deep ball. Um, played last year against East Carolina when McLean got hurt. And uh, he actually entered the NCAA transfer portal over the offseason and then withdrew his name to come back to USF, had some interest from like Wofford and, and um, Alcorn State, but decided to, to come back to, to USF. And that's there's going to be an open three-horse competition. And, I mean, USF fans are, are pretty used to it. That's, uh, you know, over the last five seasons, there's been competition in the quarterback room. Um, but I, I think it'll, this could be a year where – Gary Bohannon could really stabilize the situation in, 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 at USF. So I, I think it's just a great move to, to try and stabilize that quarterback room. You, you talk about stabilizing the the room. Is Coach Scott in some trouble at 3-18 and 18 going into his third year? We, we all know how it, it's instant gratification. We live in an instant gratification society now. At, at 3-18 and 18 in the first two years, is is there trouble for Coach Scott, if they, particularly if they get off to a slow start? Not yet, and I'll t- and, and, and and here's why they have a lot invested in 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 Jeff Scott right now. You know the the biggest thing with 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 USF is they they're kind of behind the eight ball in Florida in terms of uh, the facilities, the arms race that 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 we know is as facilities. There are high school teams in Texas. Um, you know the the one that jumps off the page to me is is Allen that has better um, you know facilities than than some of the schools in florida do and and or or, or can think with usf is they don't have an on-campus stadium they they don't have an indoor practice facility to this point there's one building that should be available in the in the fall and that's a big thing is that they're putting a lot of time and investment into jeff scott for him to be the person to have his name um, on all this, he's a great CEO type of head coach that does a great job with, with um, you know, organizing the, the, you know, meeting with boosters and, and organizing some, um, you know, events to, you know, try and get out there with the fan base, which is a stark contrast from what Charlie Strong was in the in the in the era before that. Um, so he's terrific in that. So that's why I say not yet, just because there's a ton invested in him. Now with the transfer of of Gary Bohannon plus. Um, you know, a lot of the other transfers that they've brought in to try and, and win four to six games this year. If they don't win and don't achieve the level that they think they can this year, I think I think you see probably around, you know, November that if they're not performing the way they should, now you start to talk about him potentially being in trouble. Um, but 
at the start of the year, the, the hot seat is not as hot as everybody thinks. What, where is the strength of this football team? You're talking about a team that's, you know, potentially four or six wins uh, for the season. I mean, where where are you looking at the strength of the team and where does it need the most improvement? Yeah, so the the, the wide receiver core, I think, I think the offense in general, um, I think, and I said this uh, before uh, on a couple of podcasts, is, is to any offensive coordinator, I think this USF job was really desirable in terms of the offensive weapons that you're going to have. The wide receiver room is, is, is absolutely stacked right now with, uh, with a Joe, a Joe, who's a Clemson transfer. He, he came down uh, this last off season to reunite with Jeff Scott. Um, O'Marion Dollison was really good as a slot receiver. Xavier Weaver probably could be an NFL draft pick. Um, here within the next couple of years and was a great possession receiver. Um, Jimmy Horn uh, ended up uh, – there's a there's a clip of him in last year's game against Cincinnati where he just totally burned uh, saw Ahmad Sauce Gardner, who ended up just being a top-five draft pick to the, to the Jets. Um, you know, there's a lot of strength in the wide receiver room and in the running back room as well with Jaron Mangum, uh, Kelly Joyner consensus all-american brian batty who uh who, who was money on kick returns and then your offensive line you return your entire offensive line from a year ago your usf the whole left side have been have been starters since freshmen since they've been freshmen in donovan jennings your left tackle meach harris left guard and brad cecil at, at center and then you've got a, a six eight right tackle uh in demontre jacobs so you return a lot on your offense and, and I think that's the biggest thing. Now, in terms of, 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 of weakness um, and where you need to strengthen and where USF did a good job is, is creating pressure on the quarterback with your front seven. And USF went to transfer portal uh, very early. They went uh, 24-7 sports, uh, ended up uh, opening their transfer rankings this year. Uh, USF opened at number one with the amount of transfers that they hit so early. I think they had 12 before the early signing period started. And um, they went and invested in front seven. And, you know, they, they were towards the bottom of the NCAA in, in tackles for loss. They were uh, bottom of the, you know, college football in terms of sacks, um, all those metrics that, you know, are, are important you know, of, of getting pressure on the quarterback. And, you know, it, it put a, it put a huge strain on the secondary. USF gave up a ton of yards in the passing game last year and gave up, you know, 40 points a game, you know, on a regular basis. And and that was, I think, a big result of that was, or a big reason why was because, you know, you just, the USF couldn't get pressure on the quarterback consistently. That was a lot of scheme, too, because, you know, USF, in addition to the new offensive coordinator, they've got a new defensive coordinator in Bob Shoup, uh, who was at Mississippi State, Tennessee, uh, was at James, uh, was at Penn State with James Franklin. Um, you know, he's the guy that'll play in your face. So I think a combination of scheme and, and bringing in a lot of guys, a lot of new guys on the front seven will will kind of shore up that weakness. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the, the the weakness is the front seven heading into head, heading into twenty two. We talk about those struggles and and even going back to to um, Coach Scott and the struggles he's had there. It seems like the the culture, in a sense, is struggling to find itself or find its identity. But if you go back and look at Gary Bohannon's comments on why he chose South Florida, it's it's the reoccurring theme of the culture, the culture there. I like the culture. What is that culture that he's talking about? 
Yeah, so, you know, when, when Charlie Strong left USF or, or was fired from USF in, in 2019, um, the program was the program was, was was really left in a bat in a bad state. You know, there are a lot of guys on the roster that just didn't need to be on the roster. There, you know, there were, um, you know, uh, the recruiting, um, uh, you know, the, the talent of level that was being recruited was just not up to par with where they needed to be and where they wanted to go. And that's why you've seen the regression, the three and eighteen. A lot of the three and eighteen stem stems from the problems of the prior staff. And, you know, a huge piece of that was, was, was culture issues and, you know, a toxic locker room, a toxic, you know, environment around, around the organization, around the donors, around the, you know, anybody in the administration. And so, you know, when Jeff Scott came in, it was a very uh, Clemson-like environment, a very Clemson-like culture shift towards, you know, family-oriented type of, type of stuff, kind of how, like I said, it's it's very very similar to how Dabo Sweeney runs his program. Um, his first uh, Jeff Scott, within his first couple of months, um, one of his former players, KJ Sales, uh, who uh, bou- who's bounced around the 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 NFL, the NFL a little bit as a as a UDFA. I think he's with a CFL team now. Um, within the first couple of months of Jeff Scott being there, around the time of the civil unrest that was going on in in twenty in twenty twenty, um, following the death of George Floyd. Um, Jeff Scott went and organized a, a, a unity march with KJ and a couple of his, his other team leaders, and they walked, uh, they, they marched through the streets of downtown Tampa in the pouring rain um, in in middle of June, no less than maybe you know a couple months after that after he had gotten to, to Tampa. So things like that to try and let his players know that you know it's not going to be the same thing that, that happened under Charlie Strong. You know he cares about his players and that. You know, he cares about the, the building the organization and, you know, meeting with those donors and meeting with those fans that are that want to give money to the university to be able to build those facilities and be able to build that IPF, that on-campus stadium. Um, and for the first time in a long time, the, the word that I've, I've heard around USF is, is, is alignment in terms of, you know, the, the president uh, and the AD and the head football coach all have the same vision of what they want to do and the board of directors as well. They all have the same vision of what they want to do. And, you know, adding Gary Bohannon is, is a step to that. Um, and it's a step to, you know, the culture has been changed significantly at USF. And it's a lot better than it was. It was it's a lot more family-oriented and, and, and just positive as a whole. And, and Gary Bohannon is just another piece to that puzzle. Um, as, like I said, the culture has changed, but now it's just time to win football games. Hey, Will, man, we we appreciate your time. Thanks so much for being a part of the program. What are you working on right now for uh, for Bulls two four seven Sports? Yeah, so so it's a lot of right now. It's when you get a former four star quarterback that that just uh, and, a, and a Big Twelve champion uh, into your program. It's a lot of uh, a lot of impact pieces. So what you know what that room is gonna is gonna look like. I I talked uh, with your with with your boy Garrett. Uh, last night, so I'll have a podcast with him, uh, you know, up a little bit later today, and, and just a lot of impact pieces about what the transfer means and what the competition could look like heading into next year. Well, thanks, man. We appreciate your time. Thanks for being on the program today. Absolutely appreciate you having me. You bet. Have a great day. That's uh, Will Turner from Bulls Two Four Seven Sports. It's eight forty nine, eleven away from nine o'clock. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas, and we're right back with more in just a moment. 
It's on to the Big 12 Tournament in Oklahoma City for Glenn Moore and Baylor Softball this weekend on 101.3 FM. Baylor Softball opening play in the Big 12 Tournament Thursday in Oklahoma City against Iowa State. 11.45 a.m. for the warm-up show, high noon, first pitch Thursday. Join Dan Ingham from the Big 12 Tournament every game on 101.3 FM. Cokie Family Farms provides the ultimate in custom application and fertilizer for all your road crops and pasture needs. They are a distributor of fertilizer for farmland, grain, feed, hay, pasture crops, and vegetation for agricultural and farm supplies, along with growing and raising corn, wheat, and sorghum. Gokey Family Farms is your local contact for LG corn seed and their performing corn hybrids and grain sorghum products. A proud supporter of Crawford High School Athletics, Gokey Family Farms, seven generations strong. Mike Terry Auto Group is proud to serve Central Texas with the best deals on new and used cars, auto service, and community involvement. With over seven brands of vehicles, you're sure to find your new ride from Mike Terry Auto Group. Check out their Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram dealership in Hillsboro and the Chevy Buick GMC dealership in Mahia. At any Mike Terry dealership, they will pay over the price of Kelly Blue Book for your trade-in and accept all creditors. Check out their website at mterryautogroup.com to see the value of your trade-in and browse their inventory. Head over to Mike Terry Auto Dealership today and find someone you can trust. Mother's Day is just around the corner and it has me thinking. Don't you wish everyone spoke about you the way your mom does? That's Ronnie Weathorn, the Foundation Doctor. And right now, just like most of us, he's got one very special person on his mind. At the Foundation Doctor, that's exactly what we strive for. We're always honest with you and would never suggest work you don't need. If we say we can fix it, we will. And our warranties, well, they're the best in the business. We treat your home like it's our mom's in hopes that you will speak as highly about us as she does. If you think you need foundation repair, you're in good hands with the doctor. If you don't believe me, just ask our mom. Give us a call today at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. You got doors that are sticking or cracks in your walls. The Foundation Doctor will make a house call. Since 1978, Uncle Dan's Barbecue and Rib House has been delivering savory barbecue and delicious sides. With their two locations in Hewitt and Waco, drive through window, remodeled indoor dining space, delivery options, and new hours, Uncle Dan's is sure to be a Central Texas favorite. Specials include any one meat plate with two sides for only $8.09, with beef and rib plates only a dollar more on Mondays. Buy one, get one half off for Texas taters on Tuesday, and prime beef brisket on Fridays. Come eat at this family-owned business and feel like you're right at home. In the market for a quality metal building, since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe have helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal building design, panel options, building components, and trim options. Pioneer Steel and Pipe's residential line is energy efficient, offers low maintenance, reduces insurance payments, is impact resistant, and carries up to a 45-year limited warranty. In addition, they can help you find metal building contractors for your project. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan and at PioneerBoys.com. Stop waiting for carnival season to come around to get a funnel cake or cotton candy. All-American Eats and Treats is your Central Texas food truck with hand-dipped corn dogs, fresh cotton candy, funnel cakes, fried Oreos, and more. For fairs, festivals, company picnics, or just a parking lot in your town, let All-American Eats and Treats be a part of your next event. Call 254-722-1687 and get your carnival treats today. That's 254-722-1687. Or check them out on Facebook at all 
All-American Eats and Treats. Time for the grab bag on Game Time. All right, 8.53, we're seven away from nine. This is Game Time here on ESPN Central Texas. NBA tonight, it's Phoenix in Dallas at 7.30, I believe. or is it 8.30? I think it's 8.30. 8.30 tonight, uh, Cleveland, uh, Phoenix in Dallas. So uh, there you go as that series is tied at two games apiece. All right, some high school uh, high school coaching changes and movement, Ward. Yeah, in, uh, in a district that uh, you'll be familiar with in sorts coming mm-hmm. up this next season, the Cleveland Yellow Jackets head football coach who had moved from Grandview was uh, the Zebras coach when they won a, a state championship, went to Cleburne High, was the uh, head coach, not the athletic director. Casey Walraven has now moved – uh, as of last night, to Alvarado, who lost their coach, Dixon, just a week Jeff. ago. Yeah. And so Casey is going back home. He's originally from Alvarado. So he's going back home to become the head coach and athletic director at Alvarado High School. So congratulations to Casey Walraven. There you go. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, again, uh, Crawford softball is coming up uh, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, first pitch, 545 and- pregame. Thursday night, uh, 645, we'll have baseball, Bosqueville, and Italy from Waco ISD Stadium. So both both teams, Crawford and, and who are they playing? Italy. Who's Bosqueville playing? Italy. Where are they both playing at? Waco ISD. How about so, that? There you go. All right, 855, that is going to do it for us. Thanks for being a part of the program. We will do this again tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. And and uh, look forward to to all of that. And uh, don't forget, coming up at uh, 3 o'clock today, it's the John Moore Show, and he's going to have Hoot Johnny get on the program. And at 4 o'clock, it's Matt Mosley. We'll see you in the morning at 7.